Welcome to Simple Tech Talk, innovative topics and creative introductions to the marketplace. Here we are, we are back, part two with Chief Technology Officer, Mr. Thomas Powell. Here on Simple Tech Talk, of course, we are proudly sponsored by Board Active, available online at boardactive.com. Folks, in part one, as you recall, we talked about the importance for brands to have mobile apps developed. Here on part two, we are talking about what makes a mobile app a mobile app. What is it comprised of? We're gonna talk about software development kits. You've probably heard them uh, coined SDKs. What does that mean? So we're here with Chief Technology Officer, Mr. Thomas Powell, back in the Simple Tech Talk studios. It's a pleasure, sir. All right, it's wonderful to be back again today. Thank you. So we talked about part one, uh, the importance of having a mobile app. Now that we've convinced the crowd, hey, yeah, it is important to reach your consumers on the go on their smartphones, because we have them with us at all times. What makes a mobile app a mobile app? Excellent. Okay. Again, um, like we had talked about in the previous session, that you now have this really powerful computer that's in your hip, right? That's in your pocket, walking around with you, everything that you're doing. Well, that also opens up a lot of opportunities to developers, features and benefits and everything like that, that are all part of a mobile app. Well, a web application doesn't provide all those features and benefits, right? A mobile app allows you to do that. In a mobile app, you're going to hear kind of a, a, a couple of terms that are going to be used back and forth. Well, is my mobile app uh, developed as a native app or is it developed as a hybrid app? What is the difference between that? So is a native app an app designed specifically for one operating system. Is that right? That's exactly right. Okay, cool. So what that means for us consumers is that perhaps an app available on the iOS store, right? Apple's app store would not be available in the Google store. That's correct. And vice versa. So why is that the case? Well, the thing is, is that it's, it's a unique operating system that is used for that particular device. So it has to match up with the hardware that's being used. Okay. The iPhone has the Apple infrastructure, correct? Mm -hmm. It's literally everything that you're gonna do that, um, that an iPhone is capable of doing. And if I write my app in a native app, I have to write it once for iOS, but then I've got the opposite side of the Android version, right? Mm -hmm. There's a few other things that are out there, but you really don't much hear about them. You don't hear about Blackberries anymore, things, right? <laughs> right? So it's really a world of, is it iOS or is it Android? And I literally, if I'm doing a, no, a native app, right, I have to write two versions of that native app. I have to do an iOS version and I have to do an Android version so that I can tap into all that cool technology that is built on that phone. So let me ask a question, right, to kind of bring it back down to where I can understand. Would writing an app for iOS be like writing in French and writing for Android be like writing in Spanish or is it similar to the point where you speak a certain dialect of the same language? <laughs> yeah, that's no, they really are completely different languages. Okay. And even in those operating systems, there's flavors of that version. Mm -hmm. the, the dialect, as you were just saying, if I'm on iOS, I can write it in what's called Objective-C. That's one programming language. Or the more recent version of programming language for iOS is called Swift. So those are two dialects of the same language. In the Android version, I could see, uh, you know, everything on Android is based in Java. So that's the Java programming language that I'm doing. 
but there's been a, um, a, a new version that has come out that actually will speak natively, and it's called Kotlin. So there's the two dialects on, on Android that I have. I've got Java and I've got Kotlin. Or alternatively, I could do it as a hybrid. Okay, so what are the advantages and disadvantages to creating a hybrid app, but also using a hybrid app? When you're developing as a hybrid, we call it a code base, all right? So I've got my native iOS code base and I've got my Android uh, native code base. So what if I don't wanna have to do everything twice? That's where a hybrid comes in. It allows me to create one code base that can be used on either one of those platforms. What it does is it kind of leverages the feature that's already built into a native app and it's called a web view. Well, in the hybrid world, um, I can use a web view, uh, which is literally creating web pages inside of a, um, of a native app, right? So that makes it really easy for me to kind of create one code base and that it compiles into either iOS or as into Android. So it makes it kind of a lot easier for me. However, the trade-off on that is some of the native features that are built in are no longer available to me. Hmm. So uh, if, it's, if it's not an overly complex app, um, I can do it really, really easy in a hybrid. But I also don't want to pull from the fact that, um, that these hybrids have gotten really powerful. A lot of the things that weren't available to me kind of are available to me now, but maybe not with as granular control over it as before that I would in a native app, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it does. So does native coding slow down the app or its functionality in any way? Yes. It provides a layer of what we call abstraction, okay? If I'm speaking native code, I'm speaking the core language of that operating system. But if I step aside from that and I'm going to speak a, um, a different language and have it compile to that native language, yes, I take a hit. I take a hit on performance. I take a hit on how fast the operating system's gonna to respond to requests that I make for it. Does that make sense? Is sure. That... It would be like missing a couple words uh, while you're traveling using your newfound language, right? <laughs> yeah. You're kind of writing for both the base language and the dialect, and perhaps you, you say watermelon instead of mushroom. <laughs> That's one weird omelet there. <laughs> but so, okay, so from a developer perspective, there's really not anything significantly lost. From a user standpoint, from the user interface standpoint, Perhaps it kind of slows down some of the functionality of it in some degree. Because I have to translate that language to a native language, there's an overhead that gets created in that translation, right? So I'm going to take a performance hit off of that. I'm going to find that, that a hybrid app sometimes uses more resources than a native app. You will find a hit on performance and kind of like the big thing in the room for all of us on mobile development is the battery usage. Hmm. I'm going to get rid of an app that burns up my battery all the time, aren't you? Sure. It's like all of a sudden, I don't care what kind of features it's bringing to me. I don't want that thing that's eaten alive at my battery all the time, so I'm having to recharge constantly. So people are very, very cautious of how much battery usage that you're doing. 
Well, if you're using a hybrid-based app, it's by default going to use more battery usage than a native app. That makes sense because it's almost like saying, here, I'll make it easier for both operating systems, but there's going to be a cost associated with that. So would you say the primary cost of a hybrid app is the battery life decrease? Oh, definitely, yeah. Here's what's cool about it, though, because if you're smart, you can develop something that doesn't have as much impact, right? Let me give you an example of that. I know we're in our next session, we're going to be talking about SDKs, right? Yep. One of the features of an SDK is going to be what's called a an HTTP client. Okay. What on earth is an HTTP client? Okay, well, that's going to allow me to talk to and from a standardized API, an application programming interface that is on your web servers. All right. So now I'm adding some functionality into my app. It's going to send information to and receive information from a web server, right? Well, there's a standardized way of doing that. That's an API standard across the industry. All right. Because of that, every time that I make a request or send information or ask for information, I'm going to burn a little bit of resources on the phone and I'm going to take a little bit of a hit for the battery usage. Hmm. Okay. Why do I care about that? Well, all of a sudden I care about if I have very loosely coupled mobile application, well, I'll just send stuff up and I'll get stuff down anytime that I want it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's not very efficient when you're working in a hybrid app, right? So what I want to do is I want to say that, okay, let me be very aware of how often I send information and how much I receive information. So that now, if it's very well-defined API that I'm working with, I can make fewer requests of the server, right? Okay, yeah. So I make one important request, and it brings down a lot of information that I can then use inside of my mobile app. Um, versus that every time I want a little tiny bit of information, I keep asking for it over and over and over again. Um, hybrid apps have to be very very conscious of, of how often am, am I sending information and receiving information. Does that make sense? It does, man. We are taking an awesome deep dive into the world <laughs> of mobile apps. And this is a great way to discover these things, right? Because from a consumer standpoint, I'll just speak for me. I just want to know that the functionality promised for this download, especially if it's a paid download, that it works, right? And it works within a reasonable time frame. Let me touch on that a little bit because, sure. because it's, it's really important. If I'm using a mobile app on my phone, if it's constantly saying, you know, you've got that little uh, progressive wheel going around and the, around and the around. The wheel of death. Yeah. <laughs> so if I'm smart in my mobile development, I make it to where you're asking this information from the web server one time and I'm getting enough information that I can give you functionality in that mobile app without having to bring up the wheel of death, right? Mm. If you first open up the app and I say, oh, I want to understand, well, this is um, this is Joey's app. And all the information that I may want to use inside of my app for Joey, I want to try and pass that down in that first request. So you're not seeing the progressive wheel pop up all the time. Sure. Versus, you know, I'm asking for your name. And <laughs> the next thing I'm asking for uh, your most recent orders that you've placed with me, uh, you know, just little tiny bits and pieces of information about you. 
that app becomes very frustrating for the end user. Yeah, I was about to say, you annoyed me at name. Yeah. Right, because <laughs> you should already know that if I provided it. And why wouldn't you ask for that information up front? Right. So we talked about the need for mobile applications, right? Mobile software applications, as we know them as consumers, mobile apps for either iOS or Google. And we've also touched on what makes a mobile app a mobile app. You touched on SDKs, which is a quick and dirty for software development kits. Right. So in part three, I want to take a deep dive into SDKs because they're a huge part of apps. As of Q1 of 2018, it was reported that the average mobile app has about 18 SDKs therein. And I want to talk about how that integrates, what that means for the apps and also the user. So let's touch on that on part three here with Chief Technology Officer, Mr. Thomas Powell. Let's get you back next time. Sound good? Uh, great. Can't wait. Thanks for listening to Simple Tech Talk. Visit us online at boardactive.com and follow us on the socials. Oh, and one more thing. If you like the podcast, you'll love our blog. Check us out on boardactive.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.